Hello and welcome to another edition of the Personal Growth Book Club. My name is Caleb and I am so pumped that you are here with me this week. At the Personal Growth Book Club, we believe that the fastest way to a better life is through a deeply ingrained success mindset. Together each season, we study powerful personal growth and development books, information that has been collected over lifetimes, handed down from generations, and proven to work for millions of people. Not only will you get the opportunity to study these books in depth along with me, but you will be a part of a success-minded community of people just like you. Guys, you do not want to miss this. Let's build the life you've always wanted together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's meeting of the Personal Growth Book Club. I'm so excited for everybody to be back. I appreciate you spending some time with me again this week, and I'm really excited to talk about chapter number 10, The Power of the Mastermind. But before we do that, let's get into some housekeeping things. First of all, if this is your first time listening to the podcast and joining our club, start from the beginning. A lot of this isn't going to make a lot of sense to you. Unless you go to the beginning of the book, go to the first chapter, and get caught up from there. Second, it is the expectation that you have a copy of this book and you read through it. Oftentimes there are things that I kind of glaze over because there's really no point to me going into it in detail because it would just be repetitious. And this podcast isn't about regurgitation and generalization of the message. It's about learning and understanding and another way to supplement that learning. And so if you're not reading the book, you're not going to get the most out of it. So get a copy of the book. I'm reading the 1963 edition. I don't know that this version of the book was any better than any of the others. This is just the version that was given to me. I think that they're all pretty similar, but if you want to be reading exactly the same one as me, that's the one that I've got. It's got a white cover and it says Think and Grow Rich in green and yellow on the front. And lastly, for everybody, if you haven't joined the Telegram group yet, please do so. It's a free app on the Android App Store or on the iOS Store. There are some great resources in there. I've got the action item spreadsheet as well as the reading schedule. This is also a place where we, as the Personal Growth Book Club, can come together, discuss the book, discuss the challenges we're having, discuss the things that stick out to us as important, some of the takeaways that we have, and it's kind of a way for us to create our own little mastermind, which just so happens to be the topic of this week's meeting, the power of the mastermind. Guys, I really hope that you enjoyed this chapter. It was finally nice to read about the power of the mastermind in detail after it has been referenced so many times throughout the book thus far. And finally, just as a refresher, we had a couple action items from last week that I hope you guys were able to follow through with. The first actually is more of an end of book action item, and that was to carry out the instructions for the six steps in the chapter on desire. That's after we get immediately after we get finished. But keep that in the back of your mind as that will happen. You will do it once this book is done. And the other action item was actually assigned from me, and that was from now on, pay close attention to your fear of criticism in your decision-making process. How 
do you make decisions based on what you feel others will think of you? Have you guys noticed that as you go day to day? Have you sat down and thought, why haven't I made the move? Why haven't I quit my job? Why haven't I taken this risk? And how much of that lack of decision is based in the fear of criticism? I think that's going to do it for our housekeeping sort of items. So let's get into this chapter on the power of the mastermind. Introduction section. So this chapter is called The Power of the Mastermind. And I think it's important to note here that power is emphasized. You see, it's not just a power about the mastermind itself, but it explains how one may attain and apply power. Now, what exactly is power? I think power is the ability to influence the world around you. And of course, now we're talking about accomplishing things economically and the world of economics markets is just people the housing market is just a collection of individuals making decisions about buying and selling houses the stock market is just a collection of individuals making decisions about buying and selling parts of companies power is about influencing people so napoleon defines power as organized and intelligently directed knowledge okay so power is what we use to translate plans the things that are in our head about how we're going to do something and turn them into action through people, basically. So how do we do this? Well, he says we use organized effort. Now, in order to produce organized effort, we have to have coordination of at least two or more people. So it's got to be you, the person with the idea, with the desire to attain riches or whatever it is. And you got to go to somebody who is able to either do a task for you, who is either able to provide mentorship, whatever capacity that person is, they have to be working with you in a spirit of harmony and toward a definite end. Obviously, a mastermind can involve more than two people, but it involves obviously at minimum another person. Now, another way to look at power is by seeing it as intentionally directed knowledge. And in this section, he specifically calls out the sources of knowledge. We've got infinite intelligence, which we use through creative imagination. And actually, this is going to be talked about in detail in a later chapter. There's accumulated experience. Now, when I first read this, I figured it meant your own life experience, but he's actually referring to the knowledge of mankind that has been organized and written in books. And now, of course, we have the internet. Accumulated experience is also taught in universities. It's taught in online courses. And the third being a little less obvious is experiment and research. Now, this is more what I see as kind of cutting edge type research. It gives the example of scientific studies as kind of an idea. I think a lot of this knowledge can be found today with industry leaders who sell their experiences via online coursework and consulting. You know, it's not super official knowledge. It's not written in textbooks, but this is sort of cutting edge industry secrets that people are using to be successful in their field. And that's a good way to attain knowledge that may have to do with a newer industry or a newer service that's being provided. In order to have the level of detail and success with the organized plans that we're talking about here, it's pretty obvious that you gotta have the help of other people. Because for one, you as an individual don't know everything. The sooner that you can admit this, the better. And also, because the task we're taking on here 
is a lot bigger than just yourself, right? So you're going to need help. Now, of course, when I think mastermind, I think of a group of five or six, maybe even 10 people coming together, building a company, having this like grandiose mission, but that's really not what he's saying here. He's saying that power through the mastermind is produced by just two or more people working in the spirit of harmony and cooperation. That can involve somebody as simple as in the capacity of a mentor, or maybe you find an independent contractor to design a logo for you, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have a straight up 50-50 business partner that is helping you to attain your goals. Now, for all of you entrepreneurs out there, which I'm sure many of you are, I'd recommend a book called The E-Myth. And The E-Myth is basically about stepping out of the technician's role and using a mastermind to get things done so that you can focus on running the business. Many entrepreneurs, they go into business because let's say they're a good baker or a good carpenter, but once they go into business for themselves, it's really no longer a technician's role for them, so they really aren't gonna be doing the baking or they're not gonna be doing the woodworking. This is because the bakers, the technicians, they have to dedicate so much time in executing their specialized knowledge that they don't have time to run the business itself. And they end up spreading their, themselves so thin that they hate what they do. And this is where your mastermind comes in. Whether it's an employee, whether it's a mentor who will tell you how to take some of this stuff off of your plate. In any case, it involves developing a mastermind, developing the cooperation of others to make your job as a technician easier. Gaining power through the mastermind. I don't know if this stuck out to you guys, but when Napoleon said that developing your organized plans and being picky in choosing who becomes a part of your mastermind, you've already won half of the battle. Half of this entire process is about having a strong, detailed, organized plan and having a group of people who have been specifically chosen for their strong skill sets in helping you to carry out those organized plans. That's half of the battle of this whole thing. So here we've got two characteristics that the author describes about the mastermind. The first is the economic feature, which is, I agree with, with what he says is obvious. If you've got people around you to make light work, they're gonna make things more efficient. If they can lend their wholehearted aid through advice, counsel, or their own personal cooperation, you will definitely reap the financial benefits of their assistance. Not to mention when multiple minds come together, you tend to find the most efficient way to get something done. The second feature of the mastermind is really psychic, and it's kind of tough to comprehend because it's a little far-fetched. But when two or more people come together, their minds create effectively a third mind, which is a product of them wanting to attain the same goal. This power is a lot more spiritual and intangible, but it is very powerful nonetheless. Now we read in this section about Andrew Carnegie's mastermind. It was 50 people large. These men came together under the definite purpose of manufacturing and marketing steel. And it was through this mastermind that Andrew gained his fortune. The author says that if you study the record 
of any person who has accumulated great fortunes, they all have used the power of the mastermind in some way or another. It's so important to remember that the mastermind is the only principle through which you're gonna be able to attain great power, which is influence of other people. How to multiply your brain power. All right, in this section, we have the analogy of comparing the human mind to a battery. When you, quote, sync the batteries together by aligning their potentials, the power becomes exponentially greater. Our minds work the same way. You do need to make sure that all of the minds are the same style and type of battery, though, meaning that everybody must be aligned to have the same definite purpose. If they don't, it's like trying to make a watch battery work with a D battery, and it just won't work, not because one is stronger than the other, but because they have each been designed for very different tasks than one another. The power that is created by the collective then becomes available to every individual in the group. Now this is super important. Being in a mastermind, whether you are the leader of that mastermind, the person who assembled it, or you are somebody who was brought into that mastermind, either way, it benefits you because you get that same power. You're able to take advantage of that same power just as the person who organized it. So when you're trying to get people in to your mastermind, although it doesn't have to be a formal role, this is an upside that you can pitch to them. Henry Ford ends up finding his way back into this chapter as an example of using a mastermind. He started out poor, he couldn't read, he really didn't know much. But through the help of other people, he mastered these handicaps in just 10 years and in 25 years became one of the richest men in America. The correlation between his rapid growth and the people he surrounded himself with is glaring. He, quote, added to his own brain power the sum and substance of the intelligence, the experience, knowledge, and spiritual forces of these four men. Their smarts were what lended to him being successful. They also lended him the lessons that they learned through their life, the information that they had gained through their own life experience, the books they had read, the formal education, and lastly, the mystical psychic power of the powerful minds coming together. It's in this section that we see my favorite quote in this chapter, which is, quote, men take on the nature and the habits and the power of thought of those with whom they associate in a spirit of sympathy and harmony. It is so important with whom you surround yourself with because you ultimately end up becoming like them and they end up becoming like you. You sort of begin to meet in the middle after a long time of being associated with one another. Another great example that we see in this section is the example of Gandhi. He created a mastermind of 200 million, even trying to get two people to cooperate in the spirit of harmony can be a challenge, let alone 100 million times that number. I know when I read this, I sort of thought to myself, how is it possible for this one person to bring together 200,000 people and align them in thought? And I think that Gandhi was able to do this because he had such strong emphasis on the idea of the principle of what he was trying to achieve. I think that was the most contagious thing. It's, was, it's so easy to spread when you have strong principle. They're really based on feeling. And if you can replicate in the heart of another person that feeling from the principle that you're aiming for, I think you can be unstoppable. Now it's in this part of the chapter that we sort of start feeling kind of a religious connotation almost. 
and Napoleon actually specifically points out that the contents of this book are not a religion, and nor should they interfere with a man's religion. He says, read, think, and meditate as you read. Soon the entire subject will unfold, and you will see it in perspective. But this isn't a religion that we're trying to put together. These are just the principles of success in life. So no matter what you practice religiously, these principles will work for any person. Also, when he emphasizes that it's important to read, think in italics, and meditate as you read, he's talking about studying and learning and really understanding what we're discussing here. It requires a lot of reflection. It is so beneficial that we are building a community here to help one another do this. I've mentioned it before, but the whole purpose of me starting this podcast is really kind of a selfish intention. I wanted a community of people who are like-minded, who could help me figure out the contents of this book so that I could improve my own life. The Power of Positive Emotions now in this final section of the chapter, yes, final already, this was a super short chapter, Napoleon gives us a really good analogy, the analogy of a stream, okay? He says that riches are something that you have to be deliberate in attaining. They're something that need to be, as he says, attracted. If you're not attracting riches, then you are attracting poverty or only just a fraction of the life that you want to live. This starts to tiptoe the line of the law of attraction, which if you guys don't know what that is, I would highly recommend reading up on it. There's a super good book that outlines it called The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. I'm actually considering studying that book for season two of the podcast. So this is where the analogy of the stream comes in. Okay, so the stream is constructed by thought and the thought is really what is attracting riches to you. On one half of the stream, flows north and in this direction is prosperity and happiness now the other side of the stream flows south to poverty and sadness it's important to know that the stream is created by your own thoughts and feelings to be on one half of the stream that carries you where you want to go you have to be aligned with the thoughts of where you want to go. Now, unfortunately, many people tend to naturally think in the Southern direction. Unfortunately, I just, I think it's a symptom of our culture and society today. A lot of times people will also sit in the middle of the stream where they're trying really hard to get past all of those negative thoughts and they just keep kind of getting sucked back into that other side of the stream. And what happens is they just keep spinning in circles. They just keep going back and forth uh, to prosperity to poverty and they don't really make it anywhere and a lot of people have this struggle I think it's important to know that if you're struggling this right with this right now it's gonna take some time it's gonna take some effort you may be swimming in circles but eventually that circle is gonna get a little bit smaller until the point where you're just going the direction that you want to go one of the final thoughts in this section Napoleon says that when people finally switch sides of the stream and really get the water flowing. It usually occurs in the form of definite, well-organized plans. Now again, this is where we see it starting to come together. If you have a desire to switch sides of the stream, you have to start coming up with a plan. And regardless of whether or not you know that plan is gonna work, you're gonna have faith that it will, and you're gonna keep a level of persistence that is so strong that you will refuse 
to give up until you have switched to the other side of the stream. So it's once you start implementing those well-organized plans that you're gonna be able to switch the side of the stream. It's not the very first step. Of course, the very first step is developing a burning obsession to switch side to the stream. But really the first sort of measurable action that you're gonna take is the formation and execution of these well-organized plans. And that is gonna do it for the chapter on the power of the mastermind. To be honest with everybody, this chapter was a little bit different than I thought it was gonna be. I thought it was gonna be about how to find the right people, how to develop a mastermind, when really what it was about was how a mastermind is used in the accumulation of riches and how important it is that you find people to help you achieve your goals. It also helped me to explore what really defines a mastermind because now that we have a better idea of what we're trying to achieve with a mastermind, we sort of get a feel for what that mastermind looks like for us. And depending on your goal, depending on your own skill set, depending on where your strengths and weaknesses are, your mastermind could look completely different from mine. But the reality is that we all have to accept is that in order to attain the riches that we are seeking, we have to seek the help of others. We also learned about the two benefits of the mastermind, the economical benefit and the psychic benefit. And I think that the psychic benefit of the mastermind is the really important one. I know a couple of people just in my own life who have started successful ventures just by sitting down and hashing out problems in the marketplace, racking their brains until they came up with a solution. And this was done through the psychic benefit of the mastermind. They created a third mind which allowed them to reach out into infinite intelligence and pull that idea to themselves. And also remember that this is half the battle. If you can find people to help you execute well thought out detailed plans and these people are well suited for what you're trying to achieve, that's half the battle according to Napoleon. I also want to repeat my favorite quote here because it was so good. Men take on the nature and the habits and power of thought of those with whom they associate in a spirit of sympathy and harmony. And since the author didn't really call out any specific action items here. I think this is a great place for one, and that is to reflect on who you are surrounding yourself with and who you would like to surround yourself with. And if you have an idea, if you already have your organized plan put together, start thinking of the characteristics in your mastermind that you need help with. And once you have that figured out, reach out to the people that meet those criteria. So for next week, we are reading chapter number 11, and that is the chapter on sex transmutation. This is an interesting chapter, and I want everybody to keep an open mind as they read through it. There is a lot of powerful ideas in this chapter, even though it's a little far-fetched. It is really important, I think. Now it is a 21 page chapter, which is a little bit longer than the past couple chapters that we've read. So be sure that you're dedicating enough time to sit down and hash this chapter out. Additionally, the concepts are a little bit more abstract. So you may need to read through it a couple times, read it a little bit slower to really understand what you're reading. And to end, I would like to remind everybody to join the Telegram group, become a part of our community 
bit.ly slash pgbclub and give us your story once you get in there. I also can't say this enough, but get yourself an accountability partner, a friend, maybe somebody through the Telegram group who you can either meet with face-to-face -face or over Zoom. Either way, somebody who you can have a dialogue with about what you're reading in the chapters, or maybe you even listen to each week's meeting together. In any case, you're gonna find it to be so beneficial to have somebody who's counting on you to make sure that you are doing the work that you promise you're gonna be doing. And finally, guys, if you are enjoying the show, I want you to do two things. First, I want you to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to your podcast. I know that it really, really helps to bring our club up through the ranks so that we can get more people into our group, more people into our mastermind. And the more people that we have, as we know from today's chapter, the more power we possess. Also, I'd really appreciate if you would send in your donations. If you guys enjoy the content of the show, if I'm providing some value, help me to expand. Not a penny of what you guys send in goes into my pocket, but instead goes into improving the reach and quality of our club. I also just realized I've never really explained how to do that. It's really easy. Just go to anchor.fm slash pgbclub. So with that, everybody, thank you so much for spending some time with me again this week. I hope that you enjoy chapter 11 on sex transmutation. It's going to be an interesting one. I'm looking forward to our meeting next week. And of course, as you go through this week, keep in mind that whether you think you can or you think you can't, either way, you're right. See you next week.